Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. That's me, here in every episode, the other host of the show. Not the other host of the show. Just hosting away, doing what hosts do. What do hosts do? I suppose they come up with like the things we're going to talk about on the show. They talk during the intro, you know prepare corny jokes and such does that mean i get to be the subject of the show does that mean you get to be the subject of the show yeah well i mean i feel like we're both sort of the subject of the show oh we'll see that makes it sound like you're the guest what yeah well if you're the subject of the show then it seems like that if, if that's the argument like that makes you the guest the guest is the subject of the show that's the whole point of them coming on to the show the host the host is like the the constant that the audience gets used to the host is the subject the the guest is the content i think that the guest is the subject mm, i don't know i don't know you disagree so okay 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 yeah. so we make we make videos every single week and they all right. have they all have titles so like you know we, we talked about like wandavision in this week's this week's episode the subject of that video is wandavision right sure wanda would be our guest of that no, show. there's no guest on the show i know but i mean if it was a guest and but, we were but it's not this is different there's two people here there's only one person on the main show no no, no. I, I mean i understand that but like we're talking about something and if we were like talking to somebody if we were having wanda come on the show yeah she would be the subject of the show what we were talking about would be the subject of the show. I I, I disagree. I think we, can, we at best, we're going to have to agree to disagree. If like Jimmy Fallon has Elizabeth Olsen on Wanda, I think is what you mean, but yeah. I, I follow. Yeah. <laughs> then is, do you think she's the subject of the show or is Jimmy the subject of the show? I think Jimmy's the host of the show, right? And I think she is the and subject it's called of the, the Jimmy show. Fallon show <laughs> or it's not. It's called the, the tonight show with Jimmy, <laughs> Fallon. <laughs> with Jimmy Fallon. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Right, but I think I still think I okay. What I'm trying to say is that like the thing that makes the show interesting, the thing that they talk about on that episode of the show is that person. I normally they're like promoting their movie. Less about, you know, them as much. Okay. Yeah. 
I don't know. I feel like the subject of the Tonight Show is like what's new in pop culture. Anyway, as the host of today's show, yeah, how yeah. about we how about we go ahead and just you know tangent so much over about all this hosting business. We'll tangent right on over to <laughs> this week's corny joke, which comes from Dan Ragor, who says, "Why did the Scarecrow keep getting promoted? Why did the Scarecrow get promoted? I mm, mm, this is like a good one because it sounds like a cornfield joke. It, it, it is. And that's part of what I loved about it. Ah, great, great. Yes. I don't know why did the why did the scarecrow keep getting promoted because he was excellent in his field. Oh, excellent. Excellent. I'm so proud of that scarecrow for doing such great work. I don't want to like correct your corny joke, but I can read the answer right here. Oh, and it says because he was outstanding in his field. Like get it. Like, you know what? Outstanding. You know what? Standing out in the field. That's a really that's a (laughs) that's a spot on correction because (laughs) because as we're as we're recording, I'm like not wanting to, you know, like look, look at my notes or whatever. I'm trying to go off the cuff and then yeah, I, I that's a good point. There you go. That's a good point. I'm, wow. you know, I'm just going to drop. I'm just going to, I'm going to leave today's episode. You can just take over. You just, now. You just I, I, I feel like, I feel like apparently I don't know what a host does, what the subject <laughs> of a show does, how to actually properly tell a corny joke. So what am I even doing here? I don't know, Ben. What are you doing here? You know, I wish that you would ask me for advice sometimes that I would ask you for advice. Do you think I don't ever ask you for advice as no, you never, 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 absolutely never, absolutely never. Do you so, go home and like journal about it. Of course not. Okay. No, it doesn't matter that much to me. Okay. But, but it like stands out in your mind that I don't ask you advice. Yes, 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 yes. So I feel like this has been one of these things about this show that I've noticed is that because you never need advice on anything ever, it means that I have found myself in a position as we, as we do this show where I'm constantly asking like you advice. Okay. And I think that the social psychology of that is almost this thing where I'm like, I'm becoming overly dependent on your way in on things in my life. Okay. So I've got like big brother issues, you know, like it's like I've gotten so accustomed to like asking your advice for everything that it's like now it matters. I, it's like seeking that big brother approval. Like <laughs> this is this what you did just today. That was cool. And I approve. And it's like, oh, excellent. A gold star. <laughs> I'm going to go put it in my journal. It feels like you're asking me to give you advice about how to not rely on my advice so much, which is like a self-defeating paradox. Well, it's sort of because if you listen to me, then you're also not listening to me by listening to me. Well, I'm not saying that I don't like your advice. I just think that because you never need advice and because we're, we're so constantly in interaction with each other and I have an ongoing compulsion to talk. Yeah. Uh, it, it means that like I fill the void with asking you for advice. Do you need advice on something right now? No, not right now. I'm fine. I'm fine. I didn't even, I don't even think of this like podcast as like an advice podcast. No, no, no. And it's not just the podcast itself. I would say this, this, this extends to every aspect of our life because outside of this podcast, we also work together in the same office for 40 hours a week. And outside of that, we're still family. And outside of that, we're still friends. Yeah, sure. So we spend an awful lot of time together. We got a lot of layers. We got, we got layers like on. Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. So here's my question for you, though, is why do you never need advice? You, you have like, and I would say this like date back dates back your whole life in that you're, you are like really quite masterful in finding like, I think a a level of like contentment just in an ongoing basis. That's like rather admirable contentment makes it sound like you're like, uh, 
not not aspiring to other great things, which I do know. In fact, you, of course, do. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm not trying to say that you've like set the bar low for yourself and you're just happy to like live there. Right. Uh, which is maybe how it sounded. But no, that's not how I thought it sounded. Oh, OK. Then I, OK. Uh, my bad for <laughs> suggesting it at all. <laughs> no, you're good. I honestly it's interesting that you would point this out because I don't I never would have like I don't think I have uh, noticed that about myself that I don't ask for advice well you don't seem to dwell on things in the same way that I, I i feel like almost at any point in time i'm i'm usually like hyper aware of the, the I, it's like the biggest problem that you have going on in your life regardless of how big that problem is relative to other problems of the world always does feel like the biggest problem you're facing at that point in time and so for me, this has always been the case of like, it's almost like as I've knocked down like one obstacle after another in life, it's it almost what happens is I just allow the next new problem to elevate to the to the status of my my new biggest problem. OK, so it's almost like no matter how small the new biggest problem may be, I I treat it's a one size fits all category. Right. So like my biggest problem is always filling the same void that it takes the same amount of like attention from me at all times. And so like always like it doesn't matter how many things I like can can fix or defeat or overcome. I, I will always become like sort of focused on like, okay, now, now like, this is the real issue now. Right. Like, like if you have one problem, like that someone slammed into your car, that's like a pretty big problem. Yes. But on the other hand, if you like, you know, dropped your coffee mug and it, the handle broke off like if whichever problems in front of you is the same size problem. Well, it's not like whatever problem is necessarily in front of me. It's not like a proximity thing. It's it's mostly no, no, like, yeah, no, but like this is the one you're like, like when when it becomes the thing that you're working on, it may as well be the same level. Exactly. It's like my brain doesn't like a scenario. It, it almost feels like I've put my guard down way too much at any point in time, if I cease to be extremely concerned about something like it's almost like an ongoing like um, like you're you're extremely suspicious of all of the circumstances in your life to the point where it's like like something something's wrong. Like there's no way that I can just like sit here and like feel comfy and secure and content because something is wrong. That just sounds like bananas to me. Just bananas. That just sounds crazy. Talk to me. Yeah. Yes. Like I can't even fathom how you like existing like that. Oh, it's exhausting. I, yeah. It sounds oh. exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. consumes a lot of my thoughts all the time. Okay. Well, I, I don't know that if this helps, but this is I've been trying to think about this while you've been talking and I think I, I don't know when it was, but I remember at some point in my life realizing like one basic truth that is true, like 95% of the time okay. for almost every single problem that you ever come across. And this is going to sound really basic and generic, but uh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Like it's going to be okay. Like whatever it is, it's fine. It's like, it's not a big deal. All things are not a big deal. All things are all not things a big are deal. not a big deal. Nothing okay. is a big deal. Interesting. And like, like now, oh, now oh. when something's a when something is a big deal, it will be really obvious. But for the most part, nothing's a big deal. Like, Interesting. You can let just everything go. <laughs> I like cannot to me that feels like bananas. Like to me, like that would be like it would be so hard for but me. Who needs all the advice? <laughs> well, it's a fair question. It's fair. <laughs> what I really need is to be able to talk to somebody. And if nobody's yeah. talking, then I have to fill the void by asking for advice. I talk to myself a lot if that helps. <laughs> do you do you like like do you have conversations out loud to yourself? Absolutely. All the time I have conversations that like when I'm driving, I talk to myself out loud frequently. Yeah. 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 
or uh, like if if like a lot of times during quarantine when I would just be, you know, in the basement working on whatever, I would just get up and start pacing around like the basement and I'll just sort of like work things out 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 loud to myself. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I do the same thing. Okay. I the same thing. I, I actually do find that extremely productive. Um, I, I've talked about this before with my my brain and the way that it works, uh, but it, it's got a very like limited cache. Like the the amount of like available space for like easy access information is is like hyper hyper limited. Uh, so an example of this was I was watching the movie Into the Woods the other day, and um, the headmaster from uh, Bobaton in the Harry Potter books is Madame Maxime. That's the one. Yeah. Yes. So she is a character that not her. The actress is a character who is also just by coincidence, a giant in that movie as well. Um, and I, as soon as I spotted her, I was like, Oh my gosh, I know who that is. That is, I have read the Harry Potter books a hundred times and nothing right like nothing it's like is like zapped from my brain like that's what i mean by like the cash so it's like if we were working on a harry potter theory specifically about like all things related to the the french corner of the wizarding world of course i would know it like top of mind yeah easy access no problem at all would be able to you know really like dive into all of that information but it's it's like i i have to like you know enter that like loading screen and wait for the information the full page to load and yeah. all of that maybe my brain desk is slowly turning into like a like a 1995 like home computer you know like on dial up though right yeah you gotta like go through the whole system it's rather slow make sure no one's on the phone exactly yeah, yeah i yeah. don't think people remember that part of the old internet is that it was through your phone so if someone called the house while you were on the internet oh it kicked you right off kicked you right off yes <laughs> like yes someone outside could stop you from being on the internet it, it occurs to me all the time that we are we are reaching a stage in life where it is much 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 more likely that people have absolutely no recollection or memory of that at all because it happened before they were alive. Yeah, that's happening. So that's we're getting old. It's that that's like one of those things getting you have old, to like ben. come to all grips these, with. All these young TikTokers out there. Why? Why all of a sudden like the halfway New Jersey accent? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It just feels like we're like uh, the the accent that talks about young kids in a in a negative way. Oh, I got you. I got yeah. you. Do you think that's because like our entire extended family is like from like New York region? No, I mean, I don't think that necessarily our extended family has constantly been, you know, raining insults on the youngest generation or anything. Sure. I sure, think sure, this sure. is just a, a byproduct of the attitude. Many New York, New Jersey people are given in movies by writers. I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good clarification. Okay. Go. So moving on though. So going back to your perfect contentment life. Um, That's me. Always happy all the time. Always happy all the time. Just that just nothing's a bag. ever going wrong in my life. <laughs> you are a bag full of Jolly Ranchers as far as I'm concerned. Wow. It sounds nice. I know. Not so bad. Not as so long bad. As, uh, a little sticky. A little, honestly, a little <laughs> bit too, great. <laughs> a little bit too hard. I don't like Jolly Ranchers to be honest with you. I, I think it's a really good phrase your life is like a bag full of jolly ranchers because yeah. they're jolly and that makes me happy i every time i go to the eye doctor they have a, um, a bowl of jolly ranchers and i'm always like i'm gonna i'm gonna try and take more than one and see if the desk lady notices i'm like i really want those jolly ranchers and then i get in the car and i'm like these aren't that good 
No, they're really aren't. Yeah, they're really no. not that. They're not that good. As soon as they get in their teeth into your teeth, they are now cavities. <laughs> I, as far as I'm concerned, 100 percent of the cavities of the planet are caused by Jolly Ranchers stuck in teeth. Right, because people try and like chew them too late, and then they just get stuck on there. And it's right. not like it's that's the problem. It's not that you're not doing a good job brushing. It's that the Jolly Rancher is literally fused to your teeth and is constantly delivering sugary cavity giving destruction at all times. Exactly. Like yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that the Jolly Ranchers actually have this is not verified by the FDA, by the way, sure. but I'm pretty sure that Jolly Ranchers have tiny microscopic drills that they incorporate into the hard right. candy itself. Often imagine um, like microorganisms as having appendages. Uh, yes, yes, like yes. They have, they have flourishing cities, <laughs> you know, <laughs> of course. Yeah, with like fully thought it. Do you ever uh, do you ever think about sometimes I'm like, what if we are just like, what if the earth itself is but like an atom on some other, you know, gigantic organism we can't even fathom. To say that this hasn't been the biggest problem in my life and I have spent hours of my life focused on it, it would be an understatement. Like, hours of your life focused? How is this a problem? Oh, because it's it's such concern. It's like, it's like okay, time is relative, right? So, like, we've lived these, like, entire existences and everything. And yeah. Like, generations upon generations upon generations, the dinosaurs and, like, all this other stuff. And it's like, what if, what if it's, like, literally, like, a millisecond inside of, like, some gigantic mega being and we're just about to be crushed and all of the existence that we've ever known it could just like instantly just just cease but the, ben let me tell you something yeah what's that it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it's gonna be okay because you know what if we ended if everything about your life and the entire world ended five and you know 20 seconds from now and it's just over, then guess what? You didn't see it coming and it's over. Well, that's true. Then that's it true. doesn't matter. What no, are you going to do about it? No, nothing. You no, can't. No time you to be nothing. concerned. No, no time, time to, be. to be concerned. It's just over. It's just over. Boom. You are so delighted about it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not delighted about it. I'm just not like not worried about it. Like it's crossed my mind. Like, wouldn't that be interesting? But in the same way that I'm like, what if that's also true of like this, right? Like I just gone shattered an, entire, shattered an entire conversation that this who knows how many earths live inside the popcorn right you know jay 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 i can't believe you just did that you intentionally <laughs> just destroyed an entire civilization Who's to say that lived on side of that pop culture one true host They're trophy gone. yeah so anyway i'm going going back to my original question that you've evaded very effectively so far i don't think go ahead what was the original question well no i haven't even asked it yet so yeah yeah <laughs> so, I, uh, so am i evading it <laughs> you you were anticipating and evading in advance <laughs> Okay. The, all right. So the question is, the question is, what w- what would your midlife crisis look like? Like, oh. so if you were like, so I think, I think, and this is like the the best hindsight that I have. And dad, if you're listening, apologies in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our dad had a midlife crisis at one point in time and he went out and bought a 1996 BMW Z3 convertible. Yeah, like it's a James Bond car. James Bond car. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was it actually. I really loved the car. It oh. was extremely fun to drive. Yeah, um, from like my perspective as his son, like had no idea that was happening. It was just like, cool, cool. Dad got an awesome sports car. Great. Oh my god, my mind was blown. I remember the moment we were. I was at Famous Anthony's when he rolled yeah. up. He rolled up in it, and like I remember looking out the window and my jaw hitting the floor. <laughs> yeah, because it was like to me, it was like this. Like to me, it was unachievable achievable for like it never occurred to me that we could own a sports car right you know like that i was like that's not like that's impossible we're not we're not that type of family we can't own sports cars <laughs> and like the thing was is that it was i mean it was a used sports car sure um and i don't i mean i don't think that it was like horrendously expensive or anything crazy like that um 
But in in my mind, it was like, that's as far as the reaches of it would go was like, we own a sports car. Like, right. You know, and as I mean, it could it could have been the Z3, a UZ3 or a brand new Lamborghini. And it would have meant the exact same thing to me. Right. Like that was like what it's like. We just entered a new club. <laughs> yeah, we own sports cars. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I, I, too, thought it was like really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. You know that, that we uh, or the dad owned this car. But like what I mean is as a kid, it wasn't apparent to me that the reason that dad had decided to get that car was like as any was as a part of like a midlife crisis or anything. Sure. And I, I mean, I've wondered about that a lot too. like how how aware are people when that is happening? Right. That that what is happening is that you're having a midlife crisis because the whole idea behind them anyway feels like it just makes plenty of sense. It's it's effectively that some amount of common average age to becoming, you know, like a married having kids and then having your kids be old enough to be largely self-sufficient would land you probably right in that sweet spot of like when you've like had like a full-blown career mm-hmm. and and maybe like at for the first time both the time and disposable income to go and buy something nice for yourself so like people call it a midlife crisis but what i really think it is is that like you've just reached a point where you're you're starting to like have a lot of the pieces of the puzzle come together and you can go do something like that. Yeah, that is always, I mean, and who's to say, I don't know, but my, like, maybe, maybe I'm just not old enough yet, but sure. my opinion has, I've always felt like midlife crises are like not real. Like that's not a real thing. Okay. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure people experience it and they get to a point in their life where they're like, what have I done? What is the point of me? How will, how will I leave a mark? What am I doing here? Like, but you can, know that it doesn't matter. Well, I'll get to it. I'll okay. get to it. But to me, it's always seemed like exactly what you just said that like, I'm not sure if it's, it's always felt much more likely to me that what's really happening is that when people reach a certain point in their life, they are finally at a point where they've had a career for long enough and their kids have stopped requiring so much financial like um, support. Sure. To the point where like or or you've just been like, you know, putting money away long enough that yeah, actually right. Exactly what you said that like now you, you just are at the point where you had enough discretionary income to buy something nice for yourself. So you did. Yes. Now, yeah. I, whether it has to do with making yourself feel younger um, or like, you know, th- what, uh, you know, the most classic midlife crisis is of course a car. Yeah. Um, but it's like, yeah, to me, yeah, it never felt like dad felt like I need to recapture my youth no, or no, anything. No, no. Agreed. Agreed yeah. completely. And and that's where I think like largely what, what's really happening. And, and this is where like, I've never, I, I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. I haven't, I haven't gotten to this point in my life yet, but it would almost be, yeah, like you, like being a parent and like raising your family and doing these, these things are like so hands-on and so all the time that like maybe the other aspect of what's really happening with it is that like you're finally like looking up, you know, and, and like taking your focus away from this thing that has very much required so much focus for so many years right. that almost what's left is like, okay, what was, what was the last thing? Like, how do I start to now focus on the last thing that would have been an aspiration of mine? And it's almost like you go back to the thing that you would have thought was cool when you were 24. Maybe that's exactly it's it. like, like, yeah, I, like, I remember wanting this and I've wanted it for a long time. And uh, now yeah. guess what? It's happening. <laughs> right. I'm getting that used BMW Z3 rag top convertible. That's right. So, so what was I really into at 
to the age of like 25 or something it that feels I like could they're go all, back. They're all exactly the same things <laughs> as they are today. I feel like I, that's the thing. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if there's anything I have thought before. Like, like it would be fun someday to try and get another model of the same like first car I had. Okay. To get which was like an 87 Jeep Cherokee. It was black 87 Jeep Cherokee, not Grand Cherokee, just boxy, super boxy, but it was black with gold trim and it was I mean it was just like my first car. So I was like, "Oh, it'd be very cool to have like one that uh, of course, of course, like by the time I would get to a point, you know, it'd be super old. Oh, you know, yeah. Like how, yeah. how well could it possibly run? But it would just be for like the novelty of like, oh, yeah, this is my first car. And now I have it again. I think that if we still owned that car at this point in time, it would literally be deemed like an antique. Probably. Because I think I think a car has to be 30 years old yeah. in order to like reach antique status. Wow. So it would be of age. It occurs to me it would not. I don't know. Maybe maybe someone or maybe, you know, like how difficult it might be to track down the specific car itself. Oh, my gosh. Know? Like the, the like, car, like the actual same car. I have no idea how difficult that would be. My my guess is with how many miles that car had on it, that it is it is it no longer exists. It no longer exists. It seems very possible. But because what did we what became of it? I think it was traded in for the next car. So it would take some digging to see. I don't even know what dealership it was traded to. And then you'd have to call them and see if they had records of who it was sold to. And from, but I, it feels possible. It feels possible. I but, think if you if you could find the VIN number, you could probably we find the vehicle yeah because surely it would have like a service report if it was still somewhere hmm. um well and i'm not really that super duper interested in it but <laughs> just the idea of it seems like fun it does seem like fun yeah it does seem like fun it would be really cool to like see see what if it is still withstood the test of time since you last had it because yeah we took it pretty much everywhere we did we did it uh gosh we were driving past the entrance to where we used to go four-wheeling like up on the up on the pipeline oh yeah as it were yeah and i was remembering that before like we were pretty successful doing it in the trooper which you drove that was in my first car and yeah, that was your trooper. first go yeah. and uh, you know but my first car was was the jeep or the jep as we affectionately called it because it was missing an e off the front yep yep you know classic classic um, I think in our minds as teenagers, like all I'd ever thought of as a Jeep was off-road. Yeah, um, like, naturally. All Jeeps are off-road capable, and that's mostly why they are built and what they are for. Yes. This was the opinion of like 16, 17-year-old me and how I understood Jeeps and their purpose in the world. Right. So despite it being really old, even when I had it, um, we tried to take it up this what has to be a pretty technical little climb into the trail itself i wonder if we could find pictures of it of of the trooper doing it probably I, we I could. know they exist somewhere yeah. uh we were not successful and uh i, I think we tried a bunch there like we would just re- like maybe we're just gonna go faster this was this is the thing <laughs> with us as 16 year olds with cars and and it like it was so not not the best, yeah. uh, but I mean, you know how like you would take like Hot Wheels cars when you were a kid and like ram them into each other and it would sort of be like the car is fine. Ben, just this very past weekend, let me tell you that uh, me and Lu- Luke has all these mega blocks, okay, which um, are only acceptable uh, when you're under the age of five, at which point Legos become the absolute only answer to connectable play toys. I'm so I'm so glad you clarified because I'm sure that the people at home were, were about to be like mega blocks. Yeah, uh, 
let me just say we play with the jumbo mega blocks, which I would I will say are probably I like them better than the Duplo. Okay. Than the Lego Duplo. Okay. However, once you get once you progress to like assembly kits or whatever that are like Lego size, like traditional Lego sizes or whatever, whatever you think of as Legos, Mega Blocks version of that is awful. And you should always buy Legos instead. But for kids, the Mega Blocks are good. That's not the point of the story. The point is we had our trusty Hot Wheels ramp set up as usual. As usual. In the house. Yeah. And Luke has uh, this, uh, he also has like a, a train set. It's like a Brio train set, which is like these wooden tracks and you can roll the you know trains through the tracks or whatever. And on one of the sets he has, it came with like a, um, a like a tree with like a monkey on it. And one of the train cars is supposed to look like a bananas, I guess. It's just a yellow cube with okay. a magnet on it. But if you drive it under the monkey, the monkey will take it off the train. Oh, very fun. It does not look like he stole bananas at all, but it's still whatever. It's cool. Anyway, um, so I wasn't, I was refusing to call it bananas cause it looks like a, a yellow cube. So I was calling it cheese. Okay. And we were putting that you, you, wait, you were refusing per like Luke's rules of the game. No, no. I was refusing per, this is like a step too far, even for a kid's imagination for them to imagine this yellow cube as bananas. Well, because when I was playing with Luke over the weekend, I yeah. had him convinced that the blue Lego was a popsicle. So okay. Hey, maybe I was not doing a good. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. You know, let him imagine whatever he wants, but I was refusing myself to call it bananas okay so okay. i was calling it cheese and we were putting the cheese as well as some other mega blocks just on the hot wheels track okay sacking them nice and precarious sending a sending a car down the track just letting it boom explode into it i could not believe the quality explosions we were getting out of these mega blocks of the car outstanding it, was, it reminded me of like when you watch a um like an action figure commercial uh like that's like on tv like inevitably at some point there was like a wall of bricks that the character would come slamming through and it always looks so cool. And like, Oh yeah, I want to do that. But it's like, where do you buy the bricks? Like, where do you get the, like the, the bricks that guy crashed through in yeah. the commercial? Yeah. This was always like a concern of mine as a kid. Like uh, that looks so fun. I would like the bricks to play with. I would. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. How can I get, I've got the toy. Now I want to do that. And th- those parts don't seem purchasable. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's yeah. true. That's true. That was actually, I always felt that exact same way about like, like Nerf guns. Yeah. Was that like, they would yes. always like advertise them and they would be like on these like catwalks and like, yes, you know, it was like a, like, yeah, a, they'd have a, dry ice and laser beams going all over the place. Right. Like where, like who is setting this up? Is this a service that we could have paid for? Because if so, I would have very much liked that. Yeah. That was like a way cooler than shooting Nerf guns at each other from across the living room. And then going and like picking up the, yeah, the, then you had to pick up like, the darts. I've got to reload. All the darts are different per every gun. Yep. yep. I think I fixed a lot of those problems. Now I think a lot of the darts are interchangeable through throughout everything. But oh, I see. That's yeah, a lot better. It's a lot better. Yeah. Anyway. So the point is though, that like in the same way that if you were a child smashing two cars together and having no concern that the car could like potentially break. Yeah. I feel that is exactly how we treated our actual first vehicles when we were 16 years old and like learning to drive and out on our own is that like it, the idea of the car's potential to break despite taking it through like extremely uh, rigorous circumstances right. was was not of concern. Oh, I agree. I was thinking about this exact thing over the weekend, just like walking through my house, like remembering the thought that like um, as a kid, the idea that something could knock over your house, impossible. Yeah. Like your house is pretty much indestructible. Yes. Yeah. Nothing could happen to it no matter what. 
Now, now, have you changed minds on that? Well, I feel like, you know, if you took a, a hammer to any given wall, you could just put a hole in that wall. Okay. No problem. Whereas it, like when I was a kid, walls felt like impervious. Sure, 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 sure. Nothing could take them down. But that's the thing too, is that I remember this was something like once upon a time I was uh, building an aquarium display for a home expo. So it was like the Roanoke home and garden show or something. And we were trying to like showcase, like put an aquarium in your wall. Yeah. So I like, I like built a, a stud wall, you know, yeah. out of like two by fours and such and like drywalled it and like put the aquarium like into it. So you could like walk up to it and it would be like all framed in and stuff and you cool. could, you know, see it, whatever. Um, but that was like, you know, I was like, Oh, now I know how to build a wall. And it was like, there is no way that in all these movies, people are like throwing each other through the walls. Like that would not happen. Oh like, yeah. Like, you know, drywall itself is not hard to break through. And, and the reason that like, if you've ever seen somebody like punch drywall and like break it, it's like, that's, that's really not that big of like a, feet but going through the studs themselves would be darn near impossible yeah so, like again i don't know how i keep bringing it up week in week out maybe it's a new running segment but like the fast and the furious has like tons of scenes like this where they'll like throw each other like through a wall and like they're wrestling and it's like whoa crazy and it's no absolutely it's like that wall was fake there was there were no studs in no that wall. studs in that wall. That is the only way that, that you're able to go through it. And at that rate, like it's not even that impressive. There were only studs going through that wall. Am I right? Ew, oh, nailed man. it, y'all. You nailed it. I will give you a ten out of ten. <laughs> stuck the landing. Woo! That was very good. Thank you. That was very good. Thank you. No, you're totally right. Unless the point they're trying to make is these guys are so strong, they're throwing people through the studs. Right. Which right. is like. No, they're not. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I'm sorry, but no. Yeah. I disagree. It's like, I agree. Y- yes, Vin Diesel, very strong, but still, still just regular person. Yes, yes. Yeah. Not superhero yet. Yeah. Has not joined the MCU yet. Yet. You know, you know what's coming. The Fast and the Furious phenomenon. <laughs> the paradox. The paradox. The phenomenon has the, p- 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 you know, f- 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 the triple okay. F. Okay. okay, okay, okay. You know, well. Either way, popcorn culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile, and it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Pop. 
popcorn culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So yes, off-roading in cars in the Jeep. Yeah. And we did man we didn't manage to ever get the Jeep up that particular road, but I do remember taking it off-roading, quote unquote, quite a bit. Quite a bit. Okay, so here's the other thing about this though. So like you've no doubt on the road seen like the the mega lifted, like, you know, Jeep Wranglers, you know, with the the all the bumpers and the lights and like the whole nine yards, the escape gear, like I don't know. There's, there's like tons of things that you yeah. can like snap onto the side of your vehicle. This, I mean, for me, aspirations out the wazoo, mm -hmm. to, like my midlife crisis will probably be exactly that. Like, okay. you know, I, I actually, this is the other thing too. I've, I've talked about here recently is in high school. I was also the guy in my Azuzu trooper. I had like the huge, like subwoofers and stuff, yeah. like the really loud, like license plate rattling, like, right. you know, you're next to him at the, the traffic light and you're like, 
this is obnoxious. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. Like I know that it is obnoxious. I know that it is ridiculous. I know that it is like, it does not make me look cool, but like, it's like regardless of the fact that people think it makes them look cool and it is not true. I still love it. Right. And so at some point in time, I will once again have just gigantic subwoofers and a giant absurdly lifted vehicle. All that to say though, when I was in high school, the thing that like blows my mind is I had a stock Isuzu Trooper. Yeah. Like it was, it was, I mean, like sport, you know, like, you know, the sport model, the sport model, but like otherwise, there was nothing special about it. It didn't even have like mud tires, off road tires. They were just, Right. SUV tires. It had access to four wheel drive. It had access to the four wheel drive. It had yeah. four low, which yeah. is like, you know, either there's four wheel high, which you can drive like fast and there's four wheel low where it's like, okay, now, now we mean business. Right. Like, as far as I was concerned, if I put it in four wheel low, I could have driven up the side of the empire state building. If I wanted to <laughs> No problem, like there is nothing for low can't do. Um, and it was even one of those things where I feel like it was almost as if I was like in like a superhero movie where it was like, we got to call in the big guns. Like, are we that stuck? Do I need to put it in four low or low as if it took any more effort than shifting it into that position. Right. Not, not that hard. Um, but I remember that being like one of those things or, or even now seeing these big lifted vehicles is minded everything that I, I, I couldn't imagine asking it to do more than what it did. So I'm like, what are all these lift kits doing for people? They're just, it's just a hobby. It's just a hobby. You know, it's just, just about the looks. Just the, is that, I can't just be the looks. I don't know. I mean, I mean maybe they're actually putting it through their paces may, may, or maybe what we were doing was just really not that hard. Maybe that's true too. Maybe yeah. it wasn't, but my Jeep couldn't make it up it. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay though. Cause eventually you'll track it down and you'll, you'll beef it up. That's right. We're going to put, we're going to get a lift on that 87 Cherokee bed. I can't even tell you how much I cannot imagine a scenario where 44 year old Jonathan Carlin in his yard has a 1987 Jeep Cherokee leaking oil. <laughs> like in well, the driveway. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do oil changes, but <laughs> no, 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 no. I know that, but that car w- is leaking oil where at wherever it is sitting right now, oil is dripping out of it. I see. Not on purpose. Not on purpose. <laughs> Not as a feature of the car. It, just as an unfortunate side effect of its many years of it's many years on the road, many years on the road, tearing it up. Well, it makes me happy to know that at the very least that there's something out there. I there's I, I well, can. Th- that's not even like the thing that I would like. I don't even think that would be the answer to like, what would my midlife crisis be? It's just like, that's the I've I've like when I've thought about what I ever what kind of I don't know it, that's my answer to cars I've thought about okay 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 yeah okay. so as as long as we're we're thinking like 10 years ahead let's think 10 years backward because you have a note here in if in our show notes to discuss your love-hate relationship with TikTok. Oh, I mean, I, my guess is that everyone has this relationship with TikTok. More than likely. More than likely. My love-hate relationship with it is that when I mean it I, I think it's pretty self-explanatory, is that when I'm on TikTok, it's very enjoyable to like watch a thing. It's a very positive like uh app and social media platform that is what i have to say about it above all else so like like because we can tie this into another thing that i want to talk about today because for me all through like pandemic quarantine yeah all the stuff i i've tried to really keep like either a low profile or completely off certain social media sites yeah because it was just getting to the point where it was like just dragging me down like a gigantic anchor yeah so like on like i, I deleted facebook i deleted twitter uh like from my you know devices and stuff like that i you know i don't 
don't get on them. Oh, can I just say as a quick throwback to last week that last week I was like whinging about how Facebook wouldn't let you download entire albums and then, at the same time. And then by the time the episode went live, by the time could. the episode went live, that feature had been added. So how about it? There you go. Well done, Facebook. You brought back a feature you never needed to delete to begin with. But rest assured, I will be downloading all of my albums and then deleting them. <laughs> what a feat what a feat that's right we're taking face that would be so interesting if you just delete if i just cleared everything just like, i'm just gonna fresh start fresh, fresh start, start facebook like but then at the same time i was like i'm not even on facebook oh boy okay anyway tiktok that's well, what we're talking about tiktok twitter facebook social media social platforms media. people use exactly yeah exactly so anyway yes i feel like you go onto twitter you go onto facebook these are likely places where you're going to leave sad or upset or yeah. frustrated yes. i feel like you go on tiktok like, and there is there's next to no chance that you're walking away from tiktok being like angry well see, the thing about like twitter and facebook at least the way i use them is that normally i'm following people i know in some capacity or have met before sure or i'm just i've just been like following their like you know youtube career their creators i watch or whatever or something like that yes you know especially on facebook it's like these are people i know so it i think it's especially bad when you walk away from like man people i know are that awful <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. I, hmm, interesting yeah didn't know now i know now i know tick Twitter, everyone knows, it's just like a negative void that never stops with its the terribleness and the ways it can bring you down. But TikTok, I don't, I don't really use the follow feature basically at all. Okay. You know, I'm just scrolling the for you page, and whatever it delivers to me is whatever it delivers to me. Okay. You know, um, there, I'm sure there's an algorithm involved with that. Based, I on am a thousand percent sure there's an algorithm involved in it. Because sure, I mean, this is the thing about TikTok is one, I'm not. It's never people I know. You okay. Know, rarely yep. people I know. Um, so I think that helps. It's like you're not having this impression of someone you already know in real life. Right. That might be some like horrible negative hot take there, posting up for the world to see. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But also, like, I think the problem is, you know, people either you can get your here's the problem is that you find like a good TikTok and you're like, oh, that was so good. That was so clever. That was an awesome dance or that was an awesome joke or a fun story or whatever. And then you like you immediately want more of that. You're like, that was so good. I bet they can deliver it to me again. And so you scroll to the next one and you're just like, I feel like I'm constantly waiting for something to be as good as the first thing that entertained me. Interesting. And okay. And it's like, you have to watch each thing for a few seconds just to understand like what it is. Am I interested in watching the whole thing? It's amazing to me how quickly you can decide yes or no on it. Oh, that is fascinating. I, <clears throat> I remember back when Vine was a phenomenon, like people would talk about getting bored inside of like a six second clip. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I was like six seconds. Like, yeah, I mean, you, you can give anything a chance for six seconds. Then you're absolutely right. It's like, like, nope, you get like two, three seconds. in. it's like, this is not for me. Not for me. Not for me. But so um, actually, I've taken that mentality. I've taken this lesson from TikTok to heart a lot when I've been trying to write scripts for Super Carlin Brothers lately. Like I need to get to my thesis statement for this video fast step like, step. I mean, and the, the, the benefit on YouTube is at the very least that you have the title in the thumbnail as well. Okay. So even if you don't like immediately say, this is what I'm talking about, like people will know 
this was what you will be talking about. It's true. The the, the method yeah. of discovery is a lot different. Where where TikTok, like you're starting video going, you're not like clicking on titles right. and being like, oh, exactly. that one seems interesting. Exactly. Yeah. That's the other thing is that uh, I think it's <clears throat> and a different feature of TikTok is I'm never like searching through people's feeds like, oh, this thumbnail looks good. It's not like I'm scrolling through my Netflix. Like, do I want to watch this? It's just like, it'd be like if you open Netflix and it was just like, we're in, we're into a show. Right. You're like, oh, nope, next. Oh, next. But th- yeah, that's very very much how TikTok is, but it's like the problem is you're looking for like a good funny one to watch or whatever, something that's going to entertain you and you're deciding over and over whether this is good enough. And if you eventually land on one that is good enough to watch all the way through, then the search is just immediately restarted. Like it's like that was great. Now again, and it's like, nope, not this one, not this one. <gasps> Yay. Now again. And it's like you're constantly stuck in this loop of like always looking for the next one. And the one that is actually you're looking for is only as good as like the first time you see it. And the, in the meantime, like I, it's, it's hard to be on TikTok for like less than 15 minutes, almost no matter what. Sure. Like as soon as you open the app, you are just like, that's that's the real love hate relationship with it. Is that like, I don't even mind looking for the thing or finding good TikToks or whatever, but it sucks the time away from you so fast, like no other social media app. And I'm not sure what about it is like makes it go so much faster or if it's that like, each one is one minute, like or or can, can be, up be a, to one a minute. minute. Yeah. So you know, if you've watched twenty TikToks, that might be that doesn't sound like a lot, but it very likely but is. It, but it, it likely was at least yeah, fifteen to twenty minutes. Right. You know, especially if you watched you know full full talks or whatever. Full talks. Full talk. You went full talk on that thing. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. I feel like eventually there's going to be like detox. Programs. Oh, detoxing. Yes, 10 out of 10 on that one. That was amazing. Oh, how do you detox? Wow, what a great phrase. What What a great great phrase. phrase. Yeah. That sounds like the title of a book. It seems like it could be. Yeah. Written by Ben Carlin. Yeah. (laughs) Right there. (laughs) Co author, Jonathan Carlin. (laughs) Nice. Okay, we can we can do that. We can do that. That sounds like fun. Uh, but I think that's the problem is that like I like it, but at the same time, it it just takes so much of my time, and it's so hard to like like I will stare at the app and I'll be like, I almost like, do I want to open it? Because if I open it, it's going to be fifteen minutes from now. Like, oh yeah, you know no, I, mean? I I have the same dilemma with it where where it's definitely one of those um, where like I, I almost frequently have to like it, it's very like specific. Like if I'm if I'm like home alone on a Saturday and I'm like sitting down to like make my lunch or whatever. And it's like, okay, I've got like, you know, 20, 30 minutes. I'm just going to sit here. Like I'm going to open it up, lean it against like, you know, my salt shaker on my dining room table. And, and I'm just going to let it roll, you know, like, yeah, you know, and I'll, I'll just, I'll be like, okay, I'm killing two birds with one stone right now. And this is like, this was like the time I have dedicated to do this. But I mean, it's, there is something to be said and this is not me being like smart at all, but there is almost like the addiction to the dopamine hit that comes from any of these social media sites. Like the reason that you kind of have that itch to like pull out your phone is almost like, it's like, "Hmm, I'm a little bored, you know? And it's like, I can fix my boredom very fast. Right. And that, that is like, I've wondered about this so frequently, like, like what, what is the, the potential effect from being able to do that at all all times? And then how much less tolerant does it make you of boredom at all other moments of your life? Yeah. Like, like how well do we as like people, are we even remotely trained to handle boredom? It, it, I mean, you know, the advent of smartphones, 
in everyday life definitely makes boredom an instantly like it's not something you have to deal with anymore. Like I remember growing up like on weekends, just, you know, if we weren't like going anywhere, if there wasn't like a game or a meet or something, just being like, I'm bored. Like, what am I going to like? I just need something to do. Yes. Like there's nothing on TV. I don't want to play any of the video games we have. There's no friends around. It's just too hot <laughs> outside. I can, I can hear all of these complaints from like 11 year old us. Right. It's just like that. There's and but today you don't have to deal with that. No matter what, you could sit down and pull your phone out. And it's like, I don't know if that's a good thing. Like, I think boredom, like sometimes um, when like I'm taking a shower, like if I'm in the middle of like reading a book and I'm really into it, I'll like, you know, put my um, I'll like bring my phone and I'll just like set it up there and just listen while I'm in there. But there are times like this morning, I'm like, I'm not really listening to anything in particular right now. I've just sort of been floating through some podcasts and stuff. But at the moment, I'm not like specifically listening to anything. So I was like standing, I'm like trying to like, I got to find something to listen to. And I'm like, do I do I want to? Could it maybe it's better if I just sit here and I'm alone with my thoughts for however long the shower is. Sure. Like, do I need entertainment at every moment? And I think the answer is no. And I think it's better probably if you're not <laughs> it, right, <laughs> like, right. constantly having something distracting you or entertaining you or whatever. Right, right, right. Yes. No. And I, I think I think that that's absolutely correct. But it's it is recognizing, I think, those moments where it's like it's like I, I'm going to like unplug. I'm going to just go and do something like almost very intentionally without having like a secondary entertaining. Yeah. Like factor involved because I'm, I'm very much the same way. Like on the weekends, like I, I do like all of my yard work or activities or chores around the house or whatever the case may be. But I'll have my headphones on the entire day. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm like taking in my book or, or whatever the case may be. So it's like, no matter what I'm doing, I'm like also entertaining myself at least a little bit right. with, with something like that. Um, but the other thing I guess I associate typically with boredom was the, like the inability as a child to like, just have the freedom to go and do something. That's the, yeah. I mean, that's, I guess the other half of it when you're a kid, like you are less in control as opposed to when you're an adult where you could just go. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can solve it a little easier. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, that's the other thing too, because th that's, it, it feels sort of like the double edged short because you see when you're like consuming all of this stuff, what you're seeing is an enormous amount of creativity on display. Yeah. Like the people who are creating things, it's like, whoa, like you did something really, really neat. Like that was so remarkable. Like that was so like, like special or well-made or like well-considered or well thought out. Like people are definitely, it, it, it's like, are we living in a world that is like ripe with artistic expression or are we living in a world where it's dying or is it somehow both? Right. It's just like, yeah, that's a very interesting question. Like is like modern day TikTok, like it is a very creative form of expression. Um, but it's like, what, I don't know. Like, I feel like to, it feels like, like art, like, uh, capital a uh is like normally has some sort of like commentary attached to it sure in some way it's not like i just made a thing look at it it's cool right okay yeah. so i i had this conversation once before in a very i mean i don't i don't really stand by the idea now but at the time i did um but we we're going through an age where i feel like one of the largest most prominently consumed pieces of of art if you want to use the capital a art word there is sort of like this big screen media 
whether that's movies or television series, long form television series, mini series, things like that. Like, I feel like we are we are going through the era where like people are kind of discovering for the first time, like you can tell, I mean, WandaVision, for example, you can tell, you know, a, what would be a an extremely long movie where almost part of the fun of it is is like there are these big chapters of it. It's it starts, it ends, it starts, it ends, it starts, it ends. Right. If it was all played back to back to back to back to back and just like, you know, four hours of straight content, it would it might not play that well at all. But like almost even the idea that like a single episode might end with like a cliffhanger or whatever, like makes you want that much more to pick it back up. Yeah. It's almost like there's there's like these like little Sparks, there's little jolts there's like whatever that sort of like it, it, it like it is able to bring your interest back to the surface where you're like ooh, and the episode ended it's like they're using endings as like as like portions of how to tell story if that makes sense but all, all that to say sorry i'm going somewhere with it is that you've got it's an art form that I think is is reaching its prime. It, it's going through a golden era. There's like all sorts of really, really strong stuff that exists out there. And it almost makes me wonder if it's like a renaissance of sorts where like if we're 200 years in the future and we're reviewing the the 2000s, you know, the early 2000s. Yeah. As as a time period in, in form of artistic expression. Will there be something that like can stand the test of time and sort of be like the iconic this was the special thing in art that was created during this era. Like it, no one has ever been able to do it as well as it was done during that period of time. It's like Renaissance, like Renaissance streaming or something like Renaissance streaming, like, like binge, like content that was made to be binge watched. Maybe not even binge watched so much as just like, just very, uh, it's, it's like having the technology and the stories that are still original enough to where, they're being like executed extraordinarily well, maybe like in some cases for the first time. So like you, uh, what I would compare it to is almost like, you know, the Mona Lisa is sort of this example of like a painting that is world known and like represents a very specific time in artistic expression. Okay. Because like oil painting was a big deal. Is the Mona Lisa an oil painting? you're disproving your own point dear. I'm, I'm just proving my own point the point is that is a piece of artwork that everybody knows yeah and it's like is is there the possibility is there the potential for something that we are witnessing being created right now to be so good that it can last for so long that like 200 years from now 300 years from now people will look back on it and be like oh yeah that was the time period when blank was created like you know and and, and that's what makes it so iconic like right now we're way too close to it it just happened everything like you know to call anything a, like a, a, what will be a forever in the the span of humanity right classic not not in the span of our lifetime right um it, it, i don't know it's it's interesting to me to see or to wonder what that could be and i think at one point in time the the first show that i really remember catching extreme fire with people where it was like this is a phenomenon like something is happening everyone's watching was game of thrones sure and that and maybe it wasn't even the first example of this but like prior to that like i remember watching the series finale of like friends but like i didn't go to school the next day and like every single person i knew also watched the season finale with friend of friends it was like it was a big deal in our household and i'm sure it was a big deal in a lot of households yeah i would say maybe like 
high school boys wasn't necessarily the target demographic for friends when it was on. And I would say the big difference, I I, I have a couple of theories here as to okay. what's going on is that back in like the age of, you know, f- you know, whenever friends was on um, in the 90s, early 2000s, streaming did not exist. So all new television was consumed on a week to week basis. Sure. It's like every Thursday at eight friends on NBC. Whoa. Hilarious. Right. Like that's how, that's how you got to see it. That's how you got to see it. That's how everything was experienced. Um, moving forward into the age of streaming, just like very much not the case. Like you choose the schedule. Like sure. you don't have to wait a week anymore. We release whole season at once all the time. Boom. Sure. That's how it's done. Um, and so I think what happened is you had like this gap period of time where binging shows became the new normal and you didn't have this like weekly release schedule anymore. Like if a new show came out, it was like, I know what we're doing this weekend. We're watching the new season of house of cards or whatever it was. Sure. Um, but then just out of nowhere, you had uh game of Thrones happen and they, happened to have like this hyper popular show, but they weren't dropping it in the same way that everyone else was dropping it. Where it was like a whole season at once. They were still using the old formula of once a week. And because it was the most popular show and because it wasn't all coming out at once, it like recaptured the magic of once a week releases and like the anticipation and the anticipation that like I would say a whole generation of people just had not experienced or that people had forgotten about how to experience. Sure. You know, because even there are even streaming shows that would release like once a week or whatever. Like uh, Beth and I used to watch a show called The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. And I think that came out like once a week. But that and while that was a very popular show, it wasn't like popular to the point of Game of Thrones. It was like everyone is looking right now and everyone. It's like this cultural phenomenon that is happening. And I think part of what made it a phenomenon is that they were doing week to week in a time where streaming services were dropping whole seasons at a time. And I think that's exactly part of what um, Mandalorian and WandaVision have also been able to tap into. Like, I don't think it's any coincidence. Disney plus is releasing these shows on a weekly basis. I think it is one thousand percent because of game of thrones that they're doing it this way oh yeah absolutely and i and i think that the content itself speaks to that idea because because there is massive speculation that can be done and in the culture that we're directly a part of by way of you know dissecting episodes and making predictions and and spotting easter eggs and doing all these types of things it works extremely well because it gives us all of this time to discuss it, to be excited about it, to anticipate it and, and all that type of stuff. But I think my big question is, is like, what was it about the Mona Lisa that was so important or so prominent or whatever the case may be that that everybody knows what I'm saying when I say the Mona Lisa? Why do we all know Romeo and Juliet? Like what, like what is, what is it about these things or could it be the case that something from this generation that we're living in will, will forever live in iconic human history? I feel certain something must like, I mean, even, I mean, even now, like movies, you would think just even from like the seventies or eighties would be ubiquitous to like everyone you'd think like, you don't think you say jaws to someone and they're like what what's jaws no no no. of course of course and and i think that's that's true i think the question would be you know what like we haven't we haven't had movies long enough like 
I mean, you're talking like, like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, 1937 is when it came out. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we're we're not terribly far away from a hundred years ago. Yeah. And, and it's still, I mean, if you say Snow White, everybody knows who Snow White is. Like yeah. that's that's not like a reach. And it, and it's proving that it has stood up for for a huge period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I I guess it's sort of like what I want, what I would love to know if I had like a time machine and I could go 500 years into the future, it would be so interesting to me to see what it was like. What were the things that were popular about when I was alive that made it? I see that like that were that were important besides popcorn culture, besides popcorn culture, where where people will continue (laughs) for years and years to come to the the uncanny cultural phenomenon that was the podcast of tangents exactly not even not even the first of its kind at all but the best but the one that like just totally everyone's like yeah popcorn culture you're talking podcasts have you you remember popcorn culture right yeah right exactly it's a pop cast it's a pop cast yeah exactly exactly so i mean that would be the hope but i think it would be i think it would be so interesting to know like that what is the answer and the thing is is that we'll never know because i mean even at the end of my life even knowing like best case scenario another 70 years into the future will still not be far enough to be like wildly blown away with what has what has like stood the test of time right right it is it is a very curious question and i would even wonder if it would not be something like like i wonder like would it be specific shows that stood out or would you like start to like zoom back to like people like would it would it less likely to be a show or maybe it's just like netflix you know right 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 right. yes exactly and and this all it like i've wondered about this before too like if there is a kind of human enlightenment that could ever happen which would be and i mean we maybe talked about this before but it would almost be like the decision to step away from technology because of the recognition that it was maybe problematic never gonna happen no i mean likely never yeah i mean but that's why i say i mean it would be like true enlightenment it would be it would be the realization like it is worse for us to have better technology like we could have stopped a hundred years ago and just applied all of that energy into like spreading that existing technology instead of having like a more concentrated more concentrated area that has more and more and more with greater disparity everywhere else like that would be such a step for us as a species right right i don't know maybe not yeah i don't know maybe not you're right that's true i mean i guess it really depends on what is the actual function of humanity and all of us and oh boy yeah oh boy big questions sounds like uh, this sounds a lot like the plot of final fantasy 10 honestly yeah yeah explain explain so at the beginning of final fantasy 10 uh this giant whale creature called sin oh yeah 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 comes and uh destroys xanarkand and uh then you the main character get transported way into titus, the future titus yeah, titus when you i was a kid rename. when i was a kid i wanted to i was like 100 percent sure that i i would eventually name my one of my kids titus uh, this is not impossible i was like it is the coolest name i mean people name their kid titus that's not like a just final fantasy like super fantasy out there name sure no no no. Yeah. I, I but for me th- that was one i mean that's where it came from yeah okay yeah. i just thought he was really cool with like his yellow shirt and like black shorts and yeah it was like his like cargo webbing on the shorts yeah or whatever amazingly blitz cool. ball player blitz ball yeah man so cool right so anyway you get transported into the future by sin which is just just the most on the nose name ever <laughs> yeah i understand yeah. I'm, oh i'm not lost oh. on me at all yeah <laughs> but um the reason sin comes and wipes everything out is because people like just uh rely on technology for literally everything to the point where they don't do anything 
Yeah, well, and I mean, it, it's it, we've seen it in uh, Wally. I feel like there's a like a yeah. This exact idea is also in effect where you've got people who have you know exploited for so very long that like you know the 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 homeland itself becomes problematic, but only problematic to a certain extent because we can go to space. And in space, we have even more amenities, well, not even more amenities, but there are still enough amenities to just basically exist. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know if Wa- it's that's an interesting question, because I'm not sure if the comment Wally is trying to make is that technology is the problem or if it's like um, like capitalism at its worst. Sure. You know, and technology is just like part of how it goes wrong. But it still seems like a very pessimistic view to me that just because you have more technology means people will become like giant slug people or whatever sure i'm a little more optimistic than that (laughs) no no no. i I mean and and absolutely i mean i think i think you know keep keep faith in humanity intact for sure um i i I just think it it would be it would be interesting with maybe where we're going and like the attachment so like a lot of the things we've discussed like the, the the attachment to screens yeah or realizing maybe at some point in time that we don't need that attachment or we can step away from it or Whatever the case may be, I, I would even say that like generations before us had a lot more of like this idea of like consumerism placed before them that it that feels like the older I get is is not as prominent. Like not to say that consumerism is gone, but the idea of maybe like having having less but using the things you have more. Sure. Yeah. Um, so it could be the case that even just future generations just have better constraint when it, or restraint rather when it comes to screen addiction <laughs> hopefully hopefully we could pass on those kinds of uh lessons to the next generation yes yeah yes indeed mm-hmm. good stuff good stuff guys well thank you so much for tuning into this week's extremely optimistic episode of the pop as always if you have any feedback you can uh leave comments here on youtube you can leave a review of the podcast just over on itunes apple Podcasts, yeah. spotify wherever your podcasts are pod wherever your pods are cast wherever your pods are cast you'll get it eventually it's okay it's okay yep Um, wherever your pop is corn they Uh, alternatively we also are over on reddit uh lots of good conversation happening over there or if you just wanted to send an email directly to the pop you can do so at popcornculturepod at gmail.com uh if you would like to support us on patreon this is the last month to get in on the uh quarterly merch club for the first quarter of 2021, uh, which is going to be the Fred the Cup popcorn culture Yeti mug, which Jay is holding up right there visually. If you'd like to see it, there's also uh, a picture of it over on Patreon. Uh, that's patreon.com slash popcorn culture. Uh, but otherwise, guys, until next week, pop pop. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.